Songezo Mapepe on SAFM. Francois Brits, it's been a while since we had a conversation. Good evening. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, it's fantastic to be back. Um, really looking forward to tonight's conversation. Just to recall for those who might have forgotten or those who have joined us late in the day, Francois is an independent political analyst and a professional debating coach, no stranger to the platform. Where do you want to start, Francois? We've got load shedding. We've got the transaction involving Burger King that has not been approved. Third wave, South African Medical Association saying we need stricter regulations now rather than later. The dreaded C word, corruption, which is very much the most understood and used word in the country right now. Now, Iqbal Sharma before the authorities, a Gupta associate, known Gupta associate, together with Mr. Peter Tabete at the Free State Agriculture and Rural Development, former MEC or former head of department anyway, now facing the music for their role in a lot of the woes that are in the Free State and, of course, the passing of Mama Sholeen Sarti mm. Richards. Let, let, let's leave that one for a bit later. It might just create yeah. a somber mood that might not necessarily encourage the robustness of the engagements otherwise. Thoughts on whatever it is yeah. that I've said? Yeah, so I think I'm not going to try and flog a dead horse by talking about load shedding um, other than the fact that I'm still concerned that uh, more than a year into Andre Dereta's term, we don't yet have clear answers on the full capacity of the conveyor belts and the uh, you know, entire system at Kusila and Mudupi. Um, what is our relationship with car powership and how long will it continue? Is it a sustainable model? Uh, these are all questions that are very much open and I doubt will be answered in the near future. Um, the same thing for Iqbal Sharma and the corruption case. Uh, Bluefontein has pretty much become the center of that corruption scandal. Um, at least the magistrate's court is quite busy, I know. Uh, Julius Malema also from time to time appearing there. Um, but I want to really focus on two things. The first one being uh, the Competition Commission uh, ruling. Um, instead, a case that is still under judicial consideration. And secondly, also the idea uh, that we have on Busisiwe Mkwebani. Now, Regarding the Burger King deal, the important thing is perhaps what people consider the reaction from this would be. Just to give you a bit of background to everyone, of course, we have a massive deal from an investment group that has investments all across Africa being turned down by the Competition Commission because they failed essentially to have competent BEE standards, uh, ownership um, in this company would fall from 68% to 0%. Uh, the big issue and the big question that is ultimately deduced from this is whether or not this sends the wrong message to future investors. Now, one thing that must be understood about BE in, in general is that sometimes the South African government has failed to implement a bottom-to-top uh, bottom bottom uh, BE strategy, uh, uplifting properly young business entrepreneurs, giving them substantial uh, amounts of, uh, uh, you know, substantial amounts of opportunities. Um, and what we've seen is a top-down approach, which only really privileges the elite of individuals. Um, South Africans shouldn't worry, though, because I think the BE approach isn't unique only to South Africa. Many other countries, like China, have a dual uh, power sharing agreements with foreign companies. For example, if you were to invest in China, you were you have to spend 
um, almost 50% into investment for local talent to be developed and also share the management, um, and yet they still manage to pool investment. Uh, I don't think that this one case should be an indication of a future sequence or pattern that will arise. Uh, for me, the slightly more interesting story uh, surrounding Busisiwe and Kwebani is whether or not this is a classic um, mistake on behalf of the National Assembly, or whether or not um, the public prosecutor's legal counsel is reaching a bit to try and save her at the 11th hour. One thing I would say is that the public protector has been quite substantially found to have acted outside the, outside the guidelines of competency by not dispatching the SIU to the Freda Dairy uh, uh, Farm Project and also meeting up with President Jacob Zuma before she released her Bancorp report, um, which caused a lot of consternation in South Africa. Uh, in order to impeach her, the National Assembly needs a two-thirds majority. And the way the numbers are going at the moment, it looks, even if they are able to impeach her on the rules of it, um, it's unlikely that the impeachment will be confirmed by the National Assembly, given the high amount of support that she has within certain factions of the ANC, as well as, um, you know, the entire uh, uh, bench of the economic freedom fighters being in support of her as well. Um, it's still concerning. Uh, there will be a bunch of new reports that has to be released within the next two and a half years before her term ends. So uh, a prolonged legal battle with the National Assembly, of course, prevents a lot of cooperation that could otherwise have happened, but also just massive amounts of distrust in an institution that should be protecting South Africans rather than two institutions that are now at loggerheads. You mentioned the trust deficit, and there's much to speak about in that regard that speaks ultimately to the trust deficit. I mean, for instance, ESCOM not coming through to the party or to the fore insofar as it relates to taking South Africans into their confidence, exactly how they can schedule and plan their lives around the ESCOM load shedding. You say a year into Andre Dereta's term and still there's no sign as to whether or not the strength of ESCOM and related infrastructure sits like. The president did breathe some light, if that even qualifies, saying that it's a bit of an infrastructure problem more than anything else. Do you get the sense that the Dereta Ramaphosa administration, if you like, is getting a far better deal than, say, the Zuma and all the many ESCOM CEOs in that dispensation? Because anything and everything that was bad about ESCOM was in many respects pinned to the president at the time. And this one seems to be getting a free pass, not just on ESCOM, but on a lot of other things. I think we're distracted by the, we were distracted at least by the racism investigation. Um, and also maybe South Africans have come, become a bit used to ESCOM's um, misgivings and untimely announcements of load shedding, you know, saying that load shedding is going to be ultimately held until Tuesday evening and at the 11th hour extending it until Friday evening and so on and so forth. Um, these things we've become kind of used to. So, Overall, perhaps on the surface, it looks like Andre Dereta is, is being given uh, a bit of an easier time. Uh, on the other hand, there are good things that have happened inside ESCOM structurally, the removal of certain managers that have 
overspent and have used public funds um, irresponsibly. But whether that translates into structural changes within ESCOM uh, for the long term remains to be seen, um, because we can't really compare it to any other previous ESCOM CEO. I mean, they haven't really lasted very long enough for us to say under the rater is quite is comp- uh, in comparison to another ESCOM CEO who has tried to make the same sorts of changes. Uh, I think all South Africans are hoping for maybe probably a bit less loading and um, something that impacts the local economy far less than uh, in previous times. Let's talk about corruption, not just the Iqbal Sharma and Peter Tabeta matter, but the invariable discussion around the embattled Minister of Health. Yes, absolutely. Um, what an odd time for that, you know, for that type of news to come through uh, from uh, Minister Zwelling Kize. And I think the right decision, firstly, to step aside um, and uh, sort of not make as many public appearances. I'm pretty sure the uh, ministry is well stocked with competent individuals. But I think that one of the things you have to remember that was part of Cyril Ramaphosa's um, campaign when he ran for ANC president was to root out corruption. He then followed that up by having this episode policy. And it does, even though the policy is there, it seems like it is either poorly implemented or there isn't a lot of inside knowledge of what certain ministers are actually doing. Is there any oversight over the sort of contracts that Zuvinkiza is signing or tenders that he is giving to private corporations? Um, who is, you know, who's looking at his dealings on a day-to-day basis? Because we continuously have these things leaked by the South African media, who have been, you know, doing a fantastic job. But it still seems like internally the South African government is struggling to have oversight of the links of really senior officials. And until we have that type of oversight, we'll probably hear a lot more of these issues come through. Um, I think if you have to give Cyril Ramaphosa a, a score out of 10 for dealing with corruption, it's probably still around three or four. I mean, the policy is there, but the implement, implementation has been very poor. We're having a conversation with Mr. Francois Britz, independent political analyst and professional debating coach. This is the segment where we engage all the news since the last installment of both the viewpoint as well as the meeting point. Now we're talking load shedding, Burger King transaction, COVID-19, the third wave is upon us, corruption, as well as, and very soon, very soon we will be paying our tributes to Mama Charlene Serti Richards. You mentioned the fact that it was a good idea for William Kizer not to make an appearance at Friday's presser. Well, the fact that he wasn't there is a good thing, but he shouldn't be there first place. But he should have been there. He should have been there because there's no court action pending. I mean, he's not been required to go and address anything. Mm. He, he's not being required to answer to any charge. There's an investigation because a criminal charge has been laid against him. And they mistakenly attributed his non-appearance to the legal institution of the matter is subjudicated. The matter is not before the judiciary. It's just being investigated. Mm. So either you present yourself and account to parliament as you should be, or if there's reason for you to step aside, that's precisely why you in the first place should wholly step aside, not just avoid a press conference.
Yeah, I think that there's clearly a differentiation between the two. Stepping aside uh, from ministerial duties whilst you're under investigation for corruption is a good idea because it means you can't be signing off on tenders and big projects in the interim, not pitching up to a very important part of the investigation and public accountability is an entirely different issue. Um, so I do think that you shouldn't try and use him stepping aside as a virtual shield almost, uh, protecting him from important questions that the press um, and other very important actors might ask. We're taking your calls, Johannesburg, 714-2006. Not for much longer, we have Mr. Francois Britz on the line. Anybody on the line, the Lesejo? Let's take some calls, please. 90 seconds starts now. I'm speaking to Serame. Serame. Good evening, Serame. Okay. Well, we don't have Sarame on the line. Francois, you haven't talked about the third wave. Do we need more stringent regulations around lockdown levels? I think one thing that's been quite interesting is that it's not necessarily um, the restrictions on businesses that have helped the South African people contain COVID, but it's actually curfew, and to which extent we implement it to a greater degree. Um, it's likely that if the cases, you know, today it's 5,000 um, new cases um, every day, that seems to be the average. If that continues, then more stringent regulations are absolutely necessary. I don't think, I think we are better prepared than we might have been in December when we were at the, you know, zenith of the, uh, the second wave. Uh, now I think we're a bit better prepared, uh, so the government can, in fact, increase regulations where most necessary to, you know, to restrict people's movement. Um, whereas I don't think it's a particularly good idea to restrict um, the use of alcohol. Um, I think that was one of the big concerns after the president's previous speech. Uh, there's definitely a lot of loss to be felt uh, by the industry and even um, indirect. Uh, you know, people in the industry like glass manufacturers, um, people who are packing fruits, people who need to pre- prepare themselves for a new uh, planting uh, season, um, harvesting. So on that sort of planning, it's quite important. And um, I don't think the president should do that without due consultation with people who would be planning for the new season going into uh, 2022. Let's take a call. Anonymous in KZN. Good evening to you and your guests from Gaza. Welcome back after a long weekend. Thank you. Um, I just want to ask uh, the gentleman there, if um, the, if our president cannot get a private investigator to investigate the rest of the crew that's there, the, all the ones that came from that birds of a feather that, flock, that have been flocking together, so we need to investigate each and every one of them because we don't know which one is still out there that helped themselves with the public's money. Yeah, that's, that. in cabinet, that's in cabinet or in parliament. Thank you so much, Anonymous. Much appreciate that. And perhaps I might even dovetail with that comment insofar as it relates to the president's comments last week at the press conference in Cape Town. I think it was moderated by Kumbunzo Nchabeni, where the president said, and I haven't seen it being challenged anywhere, that contrary to popular opinion and belief, ministers are not living large. 
members of parliament, some of them, are struggling to make ends meet. But I think this was particularly with reference to ministers. Really? Is is that what we should take from persons who earn upwards of one and a half million? Yeah, I, I think that is a bit far-fetched, definitely. Um, one thing you have to remember is President Ramaphosa at Nasrec essentially made a very difficult deal. It was either he was going to clutch onto power or try to remain in relative control of the factions within the ANC. So him not getting a private investigator out for the internal corruption investigation is trying to appease those factions. Um, they're also heading into a municipal election. Um, there are people who are very fond of uh, main members of those factions. It is unlikely that it's going to cause many um, ruptures within the factions going for the next few months at least. Um, so as much as we look at President Ramaphosa's words, uh, also take into consideration his likely strategy to try and hold on to power within the party uh, that seems to be getting away from him um, day by day. Aisha in Uppington, good evening. Aisha? <laughs> Listen, about the Competition Commission, well done. To them on on that Burger King move. Um, your commentator said that, that he thinks that that is not going to be the pattern. Well, I regret to inform him that that should be the pattern because legally and ethically they are correct. Don't you think so? Well, France is going to respond to that in a short while. Anything else you wish to contribute there, Aisha? And I only have one word for you. Reparations. <laughs> we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that more, especially with the developments that are happening between the German state, federal government of Germany, agreeing now to finally pay some 1.1 billion euros to the government of Namibia following the genocide of the Herero and Nama peoples of the region. Certainly, it yes. is something worth engaging. Yes, but I, I can't do this on air. I will send you an email. Okay, Lesejo is listening. She knows exactly how to get the information that you will send through to me. So have a chat with her offline, please, and we'll certainly engage the matter as time moves on. One more caller, do we? 2030, we'll take one more call so that Francois Brits can respond, independent political analyst and professional debating coach, as we round up with this segment being the weekend wrap. Sakile in Durban, couldn't we finish without you? Yes, uh, can you hear me? Indeed. I, can, I think you can. I think your guest is being diplomatic. You know, during the President Zuma's time, you know, we had the media. You know, the media was holding power to account. I mean, you, you had all sorts of expose, and it was, you know, fantastic. It was a vibrant democracy. And then President Ramaphosa came, and then uh, the media just went to hibernation. And when I'm talking about the media, I'm not talking about radio and TV. I'm talking about the people who set the national agenda, the Sunday papers, the online, your Scorpio, your News 24. You know, they just went to have a nation. So sure. you would never have uh, a situation where power is being held accountable. It's not going to happen. Oh, that's a problem. Um, in this time. Thank you, Max. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sakile. Let's go back to where we should have started. Sarame in Bloemfontein. Sering Sarame sa fako mo free state in that day. 
good evening. How are you, sir? Well, how are you, sir? I'm well. I'm well. Um, I'm an artist. I'm a singer who's been affected by COVID-19 ever since last year. And now I was hearing the part where um, the levels might go up and there's so much uh, hard, uh, you know, there's money that was supposed to get to us, but we can't even touch that. I really, really wanted to ask uh, where can one get help in times like this? Because some of us don't even know um, how to not work a normal job. This is what we've been doing our whole lives, and this is all that represents who we are, and we are saving a life that has been shining for so many years. And if we die the way we are in this condition, how will the world ever hear the sound of our voices? That's, I was just speaking from that regard. Thank you so much there. We appreciate that. That's a fair point, Sir Amin. The National Arts Council should be in a position to account for that. Let's take one voice note before we give you an opportunity to wrap things up, Francois. Good evening, Bungani, Tim Kool, the listeners and the producers as well. Now, this ESCOM matter, I would like to make a submission on it. Time and time again, experts have come forward to say the problem there is because the infrastructure is aging. Now, I'll make an example with anybody that owns, like, simply a car. You know that at a certain time, if I'm given 10,000 kilometers, I need to change X, Y, and Z. Because if I don't do that, the engine will give up. I mean, with all the black elites that have run ESCOM ever since democracy dawned, they ought to have known that at some point, especially as, as the population grows, we understand that initially ESCOM was created to save about 5 million whites during the reign of stones, but the population grew. It's serving everybody now. So it cannot be that they do not, in fact, save the infrastructure. It's Honorable Monarang and Kailicha. Hi, so, so. You know, I, I think they have to come up with something that that can reduce the spread of COVID other than these uh, hard lockdowns. Because to me, it looks like they're not working. Because if really the hard lockdown worked before, why do they have to repeat it now? And if it didn't work, why do they have to repeat something that didn't work? So they need to just do something for South Africa other than these hard lockdowns. Thank you, Zed Propane. Uh, good evening, Songezo. Shotis Nolan Mafefelimpopo. I'm concerned about these politicians who are implicated and charged with corruption cases, accusing that it's a political ploy against them to destroy their political careers, like what Comrade Zulim Kis is saying now. And he's a member of the NEC of the ANC, which means that uh, we, are, we are actually fighting a losing battle against uh, corruption. Thank you. Final comments from you then, Francois. Yeah, I, I want to touch on the last thing. Um, politicians who are accused of corruption are kind of singing a worn-out tune. We are being targeted by the media. We, we have some political agenda. When the reports do come out and the media do have comprehensive evidence to support their claims, um, they don't actually rebut any part of that. They don't actually respond to those specific submissions. The second thing I want to say is with regards to the Competition Commission, um, I am maybe a bit more in the center on this position. I think on this occasion they've made the correct decision to not allow the Burger King uh, deal to go through. But it's not sustainable. Until the South African government has a sustainable model to implement bottom to top 
BEE, Development of Black Young Entrepreneurs, and not just development for the elite, South Africa will suffer by having less investment. And the last thing, um, maybe just a lingering thought on the reparations issues um, regarding the offer from Germany to Namibia. You have to note that the Oberherrera people have rejected this offer based on the fact that you cannot quantify the hurt and the historical trauma that the people have faced. And secondly, they've said that it's not an accurate estimate of the actual suffering of the people and the economy as a result of the genocide. Remember, just north of Namibia, we have Angola, which the Portuguese had colonized. Uh, just, uh, uh, I guess, north uh, east of South Africa, with Mozambique, where the Portuguese was also present. Will those countries follow, or are their con- economies in such a ditch in 2021 that it's unlikely that they have the capacity to do so. Lastly, remember that South Africa also had a colonizing effect on Namibia during the 1990s, 1980s. We had permanent camps set up in Valsas Bay. We were part of many of the murders of Namibian citizens when we were fighting the border war in Angola. If we are talking about reparations, the South African government will also have to have a chat with the Arero people. Thank you. Although this current administration is the successor to the actual oppressors of the then Southwest Africans, as it were, but for sure, you inherit the problems of your predecessor as you do its great work. So South Africa, to the extent that it must answer, it must answer. 2037, France or Brits? Thanks for your time. After the break, we have a conversation with Professor Klengi Wimkiza, chairperson of the June and Andrew Langeni Foundation, as well as Deputy Minister in the Presidency responsible for women, youth, people with disabilities.